Welcome back to the Gamer Node Show. I'm Eddie Anzato, your host, and you're listening to episode 81. And this is going to be an episode about games that leave me a little uncertain as to my final thoughts about it. So I'm not sure if I'm titling this Games That Make Me Go Hmm or Inconclusive Plays or something like that. I'm terrible at naming podcast episodes. So uh, we'll see how that turned out. You probably have already seen since you've uh, downloaded it already. But so these are games that maybe I've played and I may have thought, oh, that's a good game, but I'm not compelled to jump back in it or I think I need to play that again to really get it or maybe I loved it and I tried it again and it fell a little flatter or maybe I'm just up and down about it. There's there's a game here that I, uh, for example, one game is Lewis and Clark, The Adventures of Lewis and Clark. And that's a game that I played, enjoyed, although there was a heavily AP-prone player at the table. Um, so I got the game, and I ended up playing it. I thought that was good, but I ended up getting rid of it because maybe I had something that felt similar, then I then I thought about it a lot when I didn't have it, so I got it back again, second hand, um, but then I ended up playing Lewis and Clark again, and I thought, oh, there's a problem here with, with uh, sort of a runaway leader, or, or just seeing the end of the game well before it's over, and the game dragged on too long, and then I thought, you know what, Concordia was probably better, so then I got rid of that. So anyway, that's an example. That was one that I didn't really think to talk about until just in this moment. But, um, so I've played a couple of games recently that mostly I feel are good, but they just leave me, I want to say they leave me feeling a little cold. The most recent one is Great Western Trail, and this has happened to me with Great Western Trail a couple times. I've played it uh, a, a handful of times now, and at multiple different player counts, at four, at two, at four again, at three. Yeah, I've played it every, at every player count. Um, and each time, usually I'm in the middle of the game, and... I'm thinking, man, this is really good. This is a great game. This is going fast. And then someone will start to AP really hard. And see, this is I'm an interesting player. So there are certain games that will absolutely destroy me in terms of analysis paralysis. Um, one that I played recently was the first time I played Clans of Caledonia. And there was a turn where I probably took a good five minutes to figure out what I wanted to do. It was terrible. It was, it basically broke me. It broke my brain. Um, I played it again a couple times and, and enjoyed it better and was able to really, uh, plan out what I was doing a little bit better. But so that's a game where I was super AP prone, but in other games, Interestingly enough, games where other people are known to have analysis paralysis pretty regularly, it's like a thing about these games, I zip through. An example of that is Five Tribes. I'm always ready to take my turn in Five Tribes. 
um, Tikal. I don't even have to be paying attention in Tikal. It comes back to me and I'm like, okay, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. There is no eleven, but ten action points, and I'm done. Like, I'm super quick with Tikal. I'm super quick with five tribes. Um, and I, I'm super quick, except for this one turn at the end of my most recent game of Great Western Trail. I'm super quick with Great Western Trail. I just know what I'm doing. But for some reason in Great Western Trail, I have found that people really get held up. Um, which I haven't really heard in the general zeitgeist about the game. Um, I feel like the general consensus is that it moves along at a pretty decent clip. But in literally every game I've played of it, I've been sitting there thinking, these guys are taking forever. Or, or at least one player is taking forever. And in a game that's already pretty long, it's a game that kind of seems to just go on maybe longer than it should or longer than it feels like. Uh, it, it gets frustrating. And by the end of the game, I'm like, eh, all this joy and magic that I felt at the beginning has dissipated, and here I am at the end. Um, but Great Western Trail... Uh, so I played it recently, and, and it was a good game. And it, you know, it was a good game every time I played it. This is the first time... So the first time I played the game, I uh, I didn't know... I didn't have any idea what I should be doing. And I lost pretty badly. I didn't have a plan. I kind of tried to do a little bit of everything, and it didn't work at all. After having seen how the game works, I thought to myself for the second game, all right, I'm going to mess around with these engineers. So I played heavy engineers, and I won handily, just easily. Um, the first game that I played, someone who, who went all cowboys dominated. And in the second game that I won with engineers, uh, a cowboy player came in second. Um, third game, cowboy player won. And this most recent game, I went for... I forgot what I played that third game. The most recent game, I played a builder, a carpenter strategy because I figured, you know, cowboy seems to dominate all the time. Um, engineer, I was able to dominate when I really focused on it because that's not something that I've seen a lot of players do. People really love the cowboys. Then the, the carpenter strategy, I was like, yeah, I'm going to make some buildings. So I built a lot of buildings. I uh, I got the most expensive buildings out. It was it was pretty impressive to everyone around the table. They're like, "Yep, that's the first time I've seen that. Good work, bravo!" Um, and I was sort of leading early, and then someone who actually kind of generalized won by by a decent amount. Um, I did come in second, but I felt like. With this buildings strategy, I wasn't able to really put anything super strong together. Maybe because I felt like uh, the the builder strategy, you have to make some extra choices. Like not only are you getting points by putting down these buildings and getting sort of better actions, making them available to you. You then also have to choose where to put the buildings so that you can hit those buildings and you have to make use of the actions on the buildings. I didn't think I did that super effectively, so it may have been my fault, but also 
uh, people were really able to, to mess with me by putting hazards in front of me. I, maybe I put the buildings in the wrong places. I did use the A building where it says uh, you get a coin for every building that's in the trees. And then I put other buildings in the trees to, to sort of affect that first building which I only used one time and never really capitalized on, so it was really just all for naught. Um, but by the end of the game, I, I had done some good things, and what inevitably happens in Great Western Trail is I end up really set up to do something, um, and it's going to be awesome, and the game is then ended, and I'm stuck, like not able to get to the end. Uh, to Kansas City that last time, and I'm really annoyed by it. Even when I see that there's like two turns left, I just I just know I'm like, damn it, I'm at the beginning of the trail, and even if I take actions where I land on my building that then propels me two spaces forward to hit another one that propels me two spaces forward, and even though I had five movement by this point, having unlocked uh, movement on my personal board, there's just no way to get through. And that always, there's always something in this game that leaves a real sour taste in my mouth. In my first game, it was the, uh, the deck building aspect, which was I would be toward the end. I would either take an action where I played a card for a benefit on one of the buildings, and then what I got back was crap. And I was like, okay, so... By the end of that game, I figured, all right, this is my fault. There are ways, if you are prudent along the trail, to make sure you have a good hand. Um, sometimes I would have a bad hand toward the end of the trail, and I would take the double auxiliary, draw two cards, and ditch two cards, and still not get anything. Now that, that's just frustrating. So, so sometimes that happens, but that can be more mitigated, but... But I, I generally find that there are so many times in the game where things just don't go right. And sometimes they do go very right. And that's really cool. And I love that feeling. Like you pull that five value cow out right before you get to where you, to, to the end of the trail. Um, and that's awesome. But, you know, not just myself. Because, like, it's easy to see when uh, bad things happen to you. But you'll see around the table, at some point in the game, someone will be like, everyone basically will be like, all right, just got to make this one draw. Damn it! And that, that's something that sort of defines the experience there. There was a player around the table this last game who didn't want to draw his last cow or cows right before going to Kansas City and doing an exchange, he would ask someone around the table to draw it. And at one point I was like, nah, you draw your own cards. I'm not giving you any of my luck. I mean, I probably should have since my luck was bad, but I was trying to save all the good draws for myself. And, but the funny thing was he drew it off the top and he was like, damn, I did not get what I wanted. And this sucks. He ended up winning, but that's okay. Um, so Great Western Trail, that's a game that like, I know is a good game, I can think about it and talk about it and like it it has stayed with me and I want to play it again but I'm just not sure that it's as good 
as a lot of other Euros in my library, and I'm not sure it's a game that I really would want to own. And I've owned it now uh, twice and gotten rid of it twice, which is ridiculous. So yeah, Great Western Trail, like, if I were to rate it right now, I'd probably still give it a 4 out of 5. I'm not going to do that. And none of these games, obviously, since I'm unsure of them, they're not games that I've reviewed on the show, on YouTube, on the site, wherever, because it's inconclusive. These are inconclusive plays. Um, so I'd still... But in my mind, I feel like it's it's like a 4, but I don't know that it's a game that's really for me. And it's weird when games come up like that. So that that was Great Western Trail. Another one is another super popular game. I don't know where this one ranks. Great Western Trail at this point is number nine on the BGG top 100 games, top everything games. This one is definitely a classic, I'd have to say. Um, now, I hate Agricola. <laughs> I mean, I understand it's a it's a good game. It's a solid game. Uh, I'm not into the the really punitive feeding aspect or or these card draws that I can't really use well. Um, but I, I suppose with a draft and more players, it works itself out. I've I've been able to synergize in that game. And I played it solo, and it was fine, but like I don't really play solo games that much, and I felt like maybe I was just wasting my time doing it. Um, there are some solo, some games that are soloable that are cool. Uh, I really liked uh, Viticulture solo, actually, interestingly enough, with the Automa. But I'm not talking about Agricola. I'm going to talk about Caverna. Caverna the Cave Farmers. Um, I like this game ten times better than Agricola. And it's probably because it's a little more sandboxy, which is interesting because I'm a fan of Steffen Feld games, which sort of throw difficulty at you and you have to react to whatever the game throws at you. But Caverna I like. I like seeing the, the wide swaths of different rooms available, and I like being able to look at them and decide on trying something new each time I play. So that's a game where I really get into the agricultural aspect, building up my little farm, growing lots of vegetables, making that food engine really early, and uh, just reaping points from that, and using buildings that synergize with what's happening on my field and my farm. Um, one time I, uh, I played this a bunch of times now, uh, one time I focused more on ore and got to the room that gave me point multipliers for that. So I like, I like being able to build up my stuff, uh, and then use the rooms to multiply points, which seems pretty simple. Like it's kind of an elementary way to play the game, but it works, gets you a lot of points. And I, and I do like building the cave out with rooms. It's it's fun. It's interesting. I like those tile laying games. I like the idea of Castles of Mad King Ludwig and building up my castle, although I don't really like the way that the floor plans look at the end. So Caverna's cool, but at the end of the game, which I feel like I mostly 
do really well in. Um, I, I wonder to myself, well, do I need this? Do, do I, do I even need to play this again? Like, it's cool. It's interesting. It's sandboxy. So is Fields of Arl. And, or at Labor is another game that I have that I think is vastly superior to most of Uwe's Harvest games. Um, or at Labor is fantastic. Let's get that reprint happening. Let's get a lot of people playing it because it's super good. Uh, anyway, so Caverna is it's another game where I play it, I like it, and then when it comes around, when I come back to thinking about it, I'm just not sure if it's a game that is necessary in my library. I think one thing that really, I, that I, maybe each of these games probably has a sort of nitpick point that I don't like or, or an aspect of the game that I think could be developed out. <laughs> um, so I think Caverna would be a much better game if it didn't have the dwarves. If it like if it didn't have well if it didn't have the the weaponizing of the dwarves uh, I guess it's adventuring if it didn't have that whole aspect of the game putting those numbers on top of your discs you know increasing sort of leveling up your dwarves because it slows the game down immensely people who are doing that they either they're fighting over it on the on the action selection spaces on the worker placement spaces. But every time someone takes that action, they do it because that's their strategy. Like, they know that, okay, I'm doing dwarves. I have to go adventuring all the time. Um, it's going to level me up. So, so essentially upgrading sooner than later is better. And then it's going to get me stuff. You know, it's going to get me one of this and one of that and one of this. But they, do, they take the action and they're like, I have no idea what I want. Let me just look at this card for 20 minutes. So it really slows the game down. And then I feel like by the time it comes back to me, I've my mind has wandered off because people are out there adventuring. And um, now I've forgotten what I was doing, where I was at. And I have to look back and be like, oh, what space did I want to do? What, what, what action did I want to take? And this is actually a game where I can get tripped up in that way and, and kind of lose my, lose my focus. Um, but, you know, despite, again, this being sort of an issue with the players and not the game, uh, I do feel like it makes the game just disjointed or, or lack lack focus itself, lack an identity. You know, if this is if this is a cave farmers game, Caverna the Cave Farmers, then I like the idea of they're building up their caves. You know, you're you maybe you're mining. Mining is a new addition to the game that wasn't in Agricola. Um the buildings, the, the the rooms are much more fleshed out and much more of a robust system in this game than in Agricola. Uh, and the farming is still farming, but there's a lot more you can do. And the 
the tiles are better. The fencing is superior in Caverna. It's it's more streamlined. The animals are cool. Getting the ability to to add the donkey, to have the dog. You know, everything's a little bit more robust, and the game feels great. It's already been upgraded from Agricola. Adding that adventuring is just like extra. Is it why? Where did this come from, and why does it need to be there? If I want to go adventuring, I'll play an adventuring game. I'll play a game that's like focused around it. I'll play, you know, a dungeon crawl. I'll play an adventure game. Heck, I'll even play Above and Below, which is a, a Euro, right? Um, and it's an it's an action selection game that has adventuring, but it's much more interesting. It's it's less abstracted. It gives you a story. Um, you're rolling dice in that game, so it sort of conveys the excitement of the adventure. You, you don't know what you're going to get. It has that sort of Ameritrash feel inside of what's mostly a Euro. Um, what Uwe did in Caverna was he made that adventuring aspect, but made it dry as gluten-free toast. Uh and that's it just it really just seems unnecessary if there was a way to to separate that out of the game and maybe there is you just don't add those actions i don't know and p- try the game play the game with the cave stuff the the room stuff the mining stuff the animal stuff the vegetable stuff that would i i swear the game would run that much more smoothly anyway Again, I love this game. Probably also a four out of five on my on the gamer node scale, if I had to rate it. But I haven't reviewed it because I'm still I'm just still not sure. Like, I'm I'm still not sure if I like it, but it's not good enough to own, or if it will wear out. That's the thing. I think I'm always afraid a game is gonna wear out its welcome. Um, and it's interesting that it's the games that. I'm not sure about the games that I think might have something wrong with them that I really want to try again, which seems so stupid. Uh, The games that I play and I'm blown away by, I'm like sure they're good. I'm like, all right, this game is awesome. It's on my shelf. I, I bought it already. It's on the way. I'm sure of it. Those are the games that I, I feel like I don't, I don't need to play that, but I really want to try out Great Western Trail one more time, or I really want to really want to go and play Caverna one more time just to see. Like, I'm not sure. Gaia Project? No, that game is perfect. I love that game. It's like top five. We can play that another time. I'll have that forever. I'm literally going to own that till the day I die. But I'm not sure about, I'm really not sure about Caverna. Let's, tr- let's play that again. Let's see how that goes. So, interestingly, uh, the games that I'm not that I'm afraid might not have as many plays in them, kind of have more plays in them at least to start. So that's Caverna. It's a great another great game, but it's like hmm, I don't know. So Caverna. All right. So so that's some mixed positivity and negativity. 
but I have one more game that I recently was able to play for like the fifth time, and I've I've finally concluded after all this time that this game is awesome and probably needs to be on my shelf, maybe with all of its maps, and that is Concordia. So I'm pretty much ready to review this game. It's a five out of five. Concordia is fantastic, but um. Up until this point, it was very interesting. The first time I played Concordia, I got how scoring worked, but I didn't really get it. So by the end of the game, I had been, you know, I had been moving my dudes around, architecting, adding new buildings out on different cities. Um, I got some new cards. I used those actions well. Everything was great. I thought everything was great. The end of the game came, and I'm like, all right, so now I have all these multipliers, and I'm like, hmm, I really should have paid much more attention, much closer attention, to how the cards score. Because I just had a, like a mess of cards that didn't really, upon further investigation, look like I had any sort of a plan at all throughout the game. And I learned from that. So the second time I played, I had a, I had a strategy. I, I picked a couple things to do, and I really focused on picking up the cards that would multiply those achievements in the game, and I won handily. Um, I found myself, the third time I played, well, after the second time I played, I was like, oh, this is a solid game, I should get this. I did get it, I, I had it in my library. I played it again, and I found myself just constantly mercatoring, mercatoring. I don't know exactly what the how to pronounce that, but doing the the market action, getting the market cards, doing that, and then I, I played. I I won again, and I decided at the end I was like, "Damn, really? All I'm doing is just saying, here's some cloth. I'll take some money. I'll take some." bricks here's some here's some anvils I'll take some I'll take some food okay like I was just trading goods back and forth and back and forth um, and then occasionally using them and I mean that, that's the game right you're you're trying to manipulate your goods you're, you're doing resource management um, so after that game I said I don't really have such a great feeling of of expansion and exploration and there's where's the where's the excitement where's the adventure in this i don't i don't feel the conquest i don't feel the the empire building right this is about ancient rome you know mare nostrum um taking over benefiting from the cities that you're in you know it felt really dry it felt very abstracted. It felt like I was spreadsheeting my way to victory. And I realized, you know, maybe there are better games out there that that do this, that that are even in on my shelf right now, that I'd that I'd rather get to the table. You know, if I'm playing a lot of games to review them, then the games that I want to hold on to, I wanna be able to, to get get on the table and play uh, 
at least somewhat frequently. So if I get a lot of games to review and I have to play them, and then I have a huge ton of games on my shelves, it really dilutes my plays and kind of like spreads out my plays of a particular game so that I don't develop any familiarity. And also, maybe it, it prevents me from playing the games that are my favorites because I'm playing the games that are like less than favorite. So, you know, why? I'm not playing games every day of my life, so I got to maximize what I'm doing. Um, so I, I, I looked at Concordia and I said, okay, this is just a bunch of just swapping stuff, swapping junk back and forth, and maybe a little bit of this network building, this spreading out, this area control. Uh, so I ended up getting rid of it. And part of it had to do with that Lewis and Clark that I mentioned in the beginning because they have very similar card play and hand management and hand building mechanisms. And I had uh, Century Spice Road, which I thought to myself, well, if I don't think the, um, the map aspect is particularly compelling in Concordia and really the majority of what I'm doing in this hand management game and this hand building game and playing these cards and then scooping them back up is trading resources for other resources. Well, I already have that game. I have Century Spice Road, which is literally just building your hand from the two cards that you start with, getting new cards, using those to create a resource improvement engine and then spending those resources on points cards. I was like, oh, this is this is a more streamlined and focused version of Concordia in a way. So I held on to that and I got rid of Concordia. And I held on to Lewis and Clark because it had the same sort of hand building, except you were now powering those cards and there were so many different ones. Every card was unique. There was so much more to the game in terms of the cards you could get. And there was a worker placement aspect of the game that had interesting things you could do, placing out the Native Americans to, to pull goods and, and do things and have them help you and power your card actions and then using the resources to get more cards, to do more actions, to go faster up the river, to do whatever. So I had Lewis and Clark and I had Century Spice Road and I was like, I don't need Concordia, forget it, whatever. I played Concordia again. And I just, I, I was like, damn, Concordia is a good game. This is a really good game, because by that time, I had come to the conclusion that Lewis and Clark was maybe a little too, not fiddly, but like, I almost want to say congested. Uh, like, there was, there was a lot going on, and maybe inelegant, <laughs> to use that overused word, and uh, also people sort of bounced off it a little bit harder than some other games because you have all these, the decision space is immense when you have some cards that you want to use, other cards that you want to power those cards that you want to use, but you don't want to use their action, and then some cards that might 
just end up still in your hand, but you don't want them to end up in your hand, so you want to maximize how you use them so you don't go backwards on the river. Plus, the timing of playing cards down so that you can benefit from the resources in front of other players, it just like blew people's heads up. Um, so I played Concordia again, and I was like, yo, this game is brilliant. It is straight brilliant. And... <laughs> And I played a little differently. I I used different aspects of the game to score points. I still relied a little heavily on that Mercator action, but it was fine. And then and I, I played on a new map, and I realized, wow, if you play these new maps, it seemingly isn't going to do anything to change the game, but it does feel fresh. So, Concordia was one of those games that really just had this long path to acceptance for me. And uh, finally, it, it made it because I was able to really come to this conclusion about the game over many, many plays. So, Concordia, another one that kind of had that slow creep. And each time I played it, I was like, mm, that's a good game, but I don't know. But now I think I know. I think Concordia is a definite keeper. And like I said, if I were to rate it, if I were to review it, it would be a 5 out of 5. Anyway, so those are some games that made me go, hmm, and had some inconclusive plays. And a couple of them I'm still needing to get to the table again and, and try to assess as I'm playing it. Or, you know what, maybe I should not be such a critic, and maybe I should just sit down, play, and have fun, and go from there. And I think that's, that's what I recommend everyone should do. You have a much happier life, and you'll have a lot more fun playing games. So, that's it. Thanks for listening, everybody. I hope you enjoyed this one-sided discussion, and uh, I hope it, it made you think a little bit about the games that I was talking about, and maybe some other games that you've played that you've had these uncertain thoughts about. <laughs> anyway, until next time, I'm Eddie Inzato. This is The Gamer Node Show. You guys have fun out there. <laughs>